Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Helen. And welcome to another episode of the Salty Mums podcast. Exploring how as Christian mums we stay the salt of the earth in today's culture with women sharing their stories and wisdom. Hello. Hi. Yeah, another another week at the Salty Mums podcast. How's your week been, Helen? Yeah, okay, thank you. Busy, picked up a bit of a cold, but oh, otherwise okay. It's year, isn't it? It is. Yeah, post-COVID. Well, I had the pleasure of a mummy uh, three days away. No way. When? Away, away. Away, away. Two whole nights, not wiping any bottoms. <laughs> not not, not your own, presumably. Well, yeah, hopefully. Um, and no, uh, yeah, telling people to put their shoes on um, or put them away as it comes to my husband. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so good week. So I feel nice and refreshed. So I'm sorry you don't feel 100% and That's you're okay. quite busy. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away sometimes. That's Amen. Amen. Right, let's crack on. Yeah, so very exciting today. We've got Helen Rowell with us. Um, Helen is a mummy to Alfie and she's a member of St. Peter's Church, um, which is the church Becky and I go to as well. Um, So we're very excited. She's going to be coming to talk to us about um, grief. Not particularly exciting the circumstances that she's coming to talk to us in, but um, Helen is a very gifted um, speaker and writer. And so um, I know we're going to have a great conversation with her today. Amazing. Yay. That's a lot of pressure, Woo. guys. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Um, but thank you for having me. It's exciting. Oh, it's totally our pleasure. So you're going to be talking about, um, I think, primarily your lovely husband, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about um, life with Mike and um, like how you met and um, how long you've been together. Lots of... Uh, fill, fill the space. Yeah. So um, I was pretty smug um up until (laughs) seven months ago um it was a bit maybe I should have realized it was all a bit too good to be true so I met Mike when I was 18 at University of Durham didn't get together straight away I wanted to have some fun (laughs) Um, and I'm a big believer in like if something's meant to be for you it'll come back so Mm. um, we'd met but um it was kind of first year and I wanted to settle and all of that stuff so we got together at the beginning of second year so we were 19 um did the whole uni thing and then I think at the end of uni a lot of couples go through the are we going to stay together or what are we going to do and that was it was never up for debate for us two actually he was from the Lake District I was from from down here in Surrey and we went to London together. We did the whole grad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived in London for nine years, got engaged, got a cat, bought a flat. <laughs> um, whole shebang. Yeah, yeah uh, bought a flat, bought a house. Um, and then in 2018, we welcomed Alfie into the world. And I realised I didn't really want to have uh, a child in the city not that there's anything wrong with it, it just wasn't quite right for me. Mm. Uh, so we, we did the same, so yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah, I think there's pros and cons to it, but I, I personally wanted a bit more support from family and my friends um, that, that lived around here that I'd been to school with. So we, uh, well, I repatriated, um, <laughs> as they say, to, to Surrey slash Hampshire and Mike came with me because he had no choice because he was married to me and I had his son and nice. his cat and his car. So, um, <laughs> so that was it. And... Um, 
yeah, I've been living in, in Farnborough for four years now and we had, by all accounts, a really, really, really good life. Not perfect. I don't think anybody's life is perfect, but really, really, really good and something I continue to be grateful for even in the circumstances I now find myself in. Mm. So tell us about March 2022. So um, we went into 2022 having made the decision to do a course of IVF. Um, Alfie was easy. He was he was like a bottle of wine and a good time on a Saturday night. Thanks very much. Um, and we had an inkling that it was going to be a little bit more difficult to have another one. Um, I live with a condition called endometriosis, which makes it not impossible, but, but quite difficult. And we'd been, um, I was going to say we'd been at it for a while, but that's probably not the right phrase. <laughs> but factually correct. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, we'd been trying for a couple of years and, and no luck. So we, we started a course of IVF in the January. All was going quite well. Um, and in March, I had, uh, on a Monday, I had my eggs collected. Mm-hmm. Um and it wasn't hugely successful, actually. It didn't get anywhere near as many as we wanted. And Mike was due to go on a ski trip on the Friday. And uh, he'd obviously done he'd done his bit by that point. For anybody that is familiar with IVF, um, they'll know what I mean. Uh, so they said they'd give me a call on the Saturday morning, basically, to let me know if there were any embryos that were good enough to to transfer. And he'd said to me do you want me to stay? Do you, mm. do you not want me to go on this ski trip? And I was, you know, we were, our lives were so intertwined, but we were also quite independent and mm. he loved skiing. He hadn't been for four or five years due to having Alfie and then uh, the pandemic. And I kind of just took the pragmatic view that he, regardless of the outcome, he couldn't help me. Sure. Um, mm, yeah. So it would be what it was going to be. It was in God's hands. So um, I said to him, no, no, you go. I've got a great team of friends around me and I do and we'll deal with come what may when the time comes and when you get back. So off he trotted um, and on the Saturday morning I got a call from the clinic against all odds to say we've got this amazing embryo, you know, can you be, can you be here in an hour basically? And I said, okay, fine. So I'm running around like this headless chicken and I thought, oh, I should probably let Mike know, actually, um, <laughs> that we're going to be trans- <laughs> transferring <laughs> your child <laughs> into my body. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I just WhatsApped him because I didn't know whether he was skiing or what. And he tried to ring me and I didn't take it, um, which is something I really regret, actually. Um, but I was I was just trying to get Alfie out of the house. I was yeah, trying to get him to eat his cereal. Yeah had like an hour to like deposit him somewhere, mm. grab my best friend from school to go to the clinic and get there basically. So um, the last message Mike sent to me actually said, I don't know why I've just tried to call you because I know you're really busy, but call me when it's done. This is really good news. And then a smiley face emoji. Um, mm. So off, off I trotted to the clinic. Um, they transferred the embryo and I got in the car and I rang him to tell him and it rang out. And I thought, well, he's skiing. He's skiing. Yeah. He you know, he, you know, I used to ski a fair bit. Um, you don't always have your phone on loud or, yeah. you know, you're not, it's not safe to take phone calls when you're skiing. So I thought that's cool. He'll ring me when he stops for a break. Um, and it, about an hour passed and Vicky and I had gone for like a late breakfast, have a little bit of a, bit of a debrief. Mm. Um, and Vicky's husband, Niall, was with Mike skiing at the time. So mm. we were like this quadrant 
yeah. all in this yeah. situation together. And um, Vicky's husband rang her. I was driving the car um, and he sort of said, are you with Helen? Can you get her to pull over? Um, and I th- I thought he I thought Mike had had an accident, but in my mind I was like, here we go. Yeah, he's broken, broken his leg. leg. Yeah. Very, very inconvenient. Yeah. Right. yeah, I'm gonna have to go out and yeah. get him. I'm gonna dine out on this for months. Yeah. Yeah. What a pain in my ass, you know, <laughs> and 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 all of that stuff. And then I sort of realised from the tone of his voice that it was much much worse than that. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said. Mike's had an accident. I didn't see it. I couldn't get to him in time, but he's not made it. And I said, I don't, I think you've, I think you've made a mistake. What do you mean he hasn't made it? Yeah. And he said, he's died. And I, and I, and I just kept saying, I think you've got that wrong. Mm. I think you've got that wrong. Mm. Um, and then the next few hours, to be honest, are a bit of a, bit of a blur, but a real flurry of activity around mm. somehow, Vicky got us home to my house. I let my brother know who had Alfie that he needed to just hold on to him for a bit longer. And yeah, in those early minutes and hours, I genuinely thought I wouldn't survive it. Oh, Helen. But then, mm. but then I got from that moment to this one, yeah. you know, seven and a bit months on recording this podcast. So mm. it's probably a bit early in the, in the pod to get deeper meaningful, but for anybody who's experienced whatever trauma, grief, whatever mm. it is, just survive moment to moment because mm. they add up and you will get yeah. from that moment to this one. Yeah. So that was the 12th of March. Wow. Mm. I don't, I don't think any of us can, we can empathise but we can't sympathise with, mm. with what those moments are like. Mm. And, and and what was, I mean, obviously you had Alfie. Mm. How did you deal with that initial news for Alfie um well I suppose he wasn't expecting his daddy home for a couple of days Mm. because we we hadn't told him he was going on holiday because obviously he would have wanted to have gone to (laughs) so um I think Mike had told him that he was going to work away for five sleeps because children count in sleeps don't they (laughs) daddy's going away for five sleeps um so I knew I had a little bit of time and I wanted to use that time so Mm. We had this ridiculous pantomime when Alfie was eventually returned to me that night where my friends and I just acted completely normally (laughs) and just put him to bed and messed around with his Hot Wheels cars and we watched Paw Patrol or whatever it was. And he had a birthday party the next morning and I took him Mm. because I just wanted him to have a couple more days of ignorant bliss before his whole world was sort of completely turned upside down and actually for me as well Mm. I kind of knew that this was going to define me and the news hadn't really properly broken at that point so Mm. I went to that birthday party as just like a normal mum and I knew that was probably the last time I was ever going to go to Mm. a birthday party as a normal mum um I admire that strength so much Helen like (laughs) being someone that's so emotional and I mean, my my brain, my mouth engages far quicker than my brain <laughs> to not. I have to, experienced that with you, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> to have that, I don't know, restraint and strength and and wisdom to like just <laughs> wait and um. I know you took advice, didn't you, from yeah, from um charities as well. Mm. I, I, that, I just admire that so much. Yeah. yeah, I took a bit of advice from Child Bereavement UK actually because I knew. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it, but I just yeah. wanted to get it 
as right as mm. I could. Mm. Um, and when it came to Alfie, he's uh, he's quite direct, yeah. a bit like me. He's quite factual, and I wanted to give him the right information to help him understand it as much as his tiny little brain could, but not so much mm, that he was much. frightened. So, mm. um, and you know, at the time of this pod going out, as far as he's concerned, his daddy went away, he became very poorly mm. and the doctors couldn't make him better. Yeah. Um, the angels, you know, he died, the angels came and took him away and now he is the biggest, brightest star in the sky at night and mm-hmm. he can see us and hear us. We can't see and hear him, but yeah. he can always see us and hear us. And that, you know, that narrative will change over time, right? Sure. At yeah. some point, he's four. Yeah. You know, at some point he's going to say, so like, what, what's the deal here? Yeah. And I will give him more information. But I was, I really didn't want to use words like sleeping. I think it's yeah. quite unhelpful. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to use the word accident because he falls over every day yeah. I didn't want him to be worried so about true. that so mm. it was it was kind of about selecting which bits of the truth are mm. appropriate and parking the rest um but the fact that you even had that yeah. t- that sort of clarity of thought at that time like I, yeah. I've got my own grief story but I only had myself to look after at that point and um and so I didn't and I was so grateful for that. I mean, I had my dog, but <laughs> she basically just needed f- feeding and walking. Um, but, you know, the fact that you even had the the strength and the the clarity of thought to, yeah. to think about all those things, Alfie, it just amazes me. Well, I think you say that, but I don't think you know what you've got in you until your back is mm-hmm. properly against the wall. The wall. Yeah. And there have been more do or die moments in this process than I care to remember. Mm-hmm. And I think people say, oh, it must be so hard because you've got Alfie. And I say it's easier because I have Alfie mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he's the reason I get up every day. Sure. He always has somewhere to be. He needs feeding. He needs clean clothes, all of that stuff. And I don't, if I don't, if I didn't have him, I don't, I honestly don't know what I'd be doing now. I don't know what my life would look like at all but he's this little constant thing mm, yeah. that needs me and I need him as much as mm. he needs me he just doesn't mm. really know it yeah. um he said to me last night actually unprompted he said oh mummy you are the best mama in the world <laughs> and when I'm older I'm gonna buy you 10 bags of Haribo <laughs> that's a lot that of is Haribo. love yeah <laughs> that's obviously what my parenting is worth yeah. <laughs> 10 bags and then he went but not the Tangfastics they're my favorite <laughs> Just star star mix me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. But, but how did you find time in that to grieve for yourself? Because obviously you'd have processing to do, or was it just a case of Ooh. pure survival at that point? I, d- I think I think that's a really important point. Actually, I deferred my own grief mm. process for mm. for probably too long. I think the nature of Mike's death meant that that initial probably two or three weeks was this enormous flurry of activity. Mm-hmm. I had a body to repatriate. Mm-hmm. I had a funeral to organize. I had a million and one different phone calls every day. Um, there was a lot to do. And then Alfie sort of in the middle of all of this, trying to keep things as normal as I could for him. Mm-hmm. I think the funeral came and went. Um, and I remember feeling enormously flat after the funeral because I, at that point I thought, well, that's it. Everyone's lives are going back to normal now mm-hmm. because you feel like, everything's leading up to that moment. Mm. I didn't really think about what would happen afterwards. Mm. And then I felt really flat. And what do I do next? And that was, that was when I decided 
I'm going to start a charity. I'm going to run a half marathon. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to clear out my house. I'm going to hire a skip. I'm going to do everything I can to avoid this situation. And I, I now know retrospectively that was shock. It was denial, which are mm. normal stages of grief. But I think I, I think I put it off too long. Um, and when it did come, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm. Um, so my advice to anybody would be keep busy but don't ignore it because it'll, it'll come and get you. And it's, mm. I think it, I dare say it's probably worse when it does eventually come and get you. Yeah. Is it through counseling that you, you worked that out with retrospect or just self-reflection? Uh, yeah, it was counseling. So I was, I was fortunate. I have, um, through my employers, I work for, um, a global bank and one of the perks of working for a, a big, big firm is when something like this happens, somebody presses a button sure. and all of this stuff happens. And one mm. of them was kind of access to counseling immediately for me. But again, I didn't do it for six weeks. Mm. I put it off because mm. I think I wasn't ready to admit it. It actually happened. Mm. Yeah. And my counselor got the measure of me really quickly. <laughs> um, and sort of said to me, you need to stop and realise what's happened because you're you're just ignoring the situation mm. in many ways. And it mm. wasn't till he sort of he said, you're no good to Alfie at the moment because you're not you're not putting on your own oxygen mask. I remember that moment really clearly. Mm. Um, and that was kind of what made me stop and think, OK, I need to I need to deal with this. But then it's like to your point. Becky, it's like, when do you find the time to do yeah, it? Yeah. When you've when you've actually got stuff to do, right? Got loads yeah. of stuff yeah. to do and this small person and yeah. a house to run and, and actually learning to do jobs that you've never had to do before mm. at a time when your brain is not at its sharpest. Mm. You know, I even now I sit down to do, you know, write papers or send emails that in my old life would have taken me an hour. It could take me a whole day sometimes because mm. one of the side effects of grief is your concentration span is impacted. Um your what span? Your concentration, oh, concentration span. Very Sorry. good. Yeah. <laughs> See what you did there? <laughs> I, oh, I just to. got that. There we go. <laughs> the it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> you are now. Yeah. Very good. So, yeah, it was those early days are sort of, I think... Well, Helen, you saw me a fair bit in those early days mm. and I probably seemed quite lucid to you, but I don't remember any of it. Yeah, I think as friends kind of looking in, you you know that it's not it's not right, like you know it's not okay, but um, it's like knowing how far to, mm. to push or, you know, how all you've got to do is be there, haven't you? So I remember yeah. one evening when when you were on the phone to some friends. Oh. I still don't actually know if you were on the phone to I these was. friends. I genuinely <laughs> was. And, uh, we'd, we'd got a bit worried about you because I can't actually remember why. I think you hadn't replied to a message or something. Mm. So me and my th two other friends had just decided we were just going to go and rock up and, and sit with you. Because I, I guess as an extrovert, like being by, your, by myself in those moments where like the family have all kind of left and that would be the most terrifying mm. bit for me. So we kind of just rocked up. Anyway, you were on the phone in, in inverted commas it turns out you were actually on the phone, on the phone? <laughs> so we sat on your drive for i don't know like, like 45 40 minutes, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> until we were like okay maybe she's actually on the phone or she just doesn't want to see us um and I, yeah i remember squeezing into my friend's um car seat in the back of the car because she had three car seats in the behind her back seat so we, we sat, sat it out on the drive so i guess yeah as a, as a friend you're just you feel so helpless and um, because yeah. like becky said at the beginning we can totally empathize but we've got yeah. no idea like what you never have that conversation to you no. if my husband dies this is what i would like you to do as a friend right like well now we know <laughs> and, and i think as well there was 
that big elephant in the room around this baby as well, right? Mm. That mm. Mike and I had been pretty open about our IVF journey because to me it was nothing to be ashamed of. Mm. And I don't know, we were just open people. And I was really aware that there were so many of our friends and family that knew we mm. were part mm. way through this process. Mm. A lot of people knew even that on Saturday I'd been to have this embryo mm. transferred, but nobody wanted to ask me yeah. what happened with mm. that. Um, and it was it was a real I think this was the first moment that I felt like God and Mike were sort of working together mm. on this one. It was it was the night he died and Alfie had gone to bed and I was sat at the dinner table with um, two of my best friends not eating, obviously, um, but we ordered this curry out of, you know, just to be polite, to pretend yeah. we were going to mm. eat it. And my friend went to me, oh. I've just remembered about this morning. And that was the first time I remembered about this morning. And she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I remember really clearly, I said to her, I cannot work this one out, Mm. right? Mm. It's in some ways it would be lovely to have another bit of him. In other ways, it's going to be really hard Mm. to have Mm. another bit of him on my own with a newborn and Alfie and what am I going to do for work and all of this stuff. And I said, Mike and God need to work this one out for themselves. And at Mm. that point, all the lights in my dining room just turned off and turned on again. That's weird. (laughs) And loads of stuff like that has happened since then. But that was the first moment I felt like he is gone, but maybe he's not totally gone because Mm. that was a pretty convenient moment for my Mm. lights to turn on (laughs) and off. And it's happened a few times since then with other other times where I've asked for a bit of help so and you you mentioned God there how or how I was gonna say how has it um having a faith helped you or has it helped you having a faith through this process yeah I mean I think it's probably important for me to caveat at this point that if you look up what the definition of a good Christian is it is not me (laughs) (laughs) I Sin. You're not the proverbs wife. I ain't the proverbs <laughs> wife. I sin every day. That's yeah. um, do most. And what's but... the worst part is I know I'm doing it and I don't stop. Um, <laughs> I, I think my faith has been quite transient. I think mm. I I grew up in a family where I did go to church pretty regularly. I moved to London and couldn't get to grips with it there. Mm. And then when I moved here, I found St Peter's and this wonderful church family. Um, but I wouldn't describe myself as a devout Christian. Mm. I take what I can from it to help me lead a better life. Mm. And I think it will help my son lead a better life. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm devout. And I think when this happened, I was so angry at God. Mm, yeah. My immediate reaction was, why has he done this to us? Mm. What did I do to mm. him? Mm. Um, mm. Why has he let this happen? And I didn't go to church for about five weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And to be honest, if I'm really honest with you, even now, sometimes I sit in there on a Sunday and I just want to walk out because mm-hmm. I just think, well, if this is what everybody says it is, why has this happened? Mm-hmm. But I think it took me quite a long time to realise that God didn't do this. Mm-hmm. It's not his will. He didn't make this happen. Yeah. But I do think he's probably working on something different for me now. Mm-hmm. And... I wasted a lot of time asking why me, why Mike, why Alfie, why this mm. way, why so suddenly? And I stopped doing that about three or four months ago and I started asking myself two questions instead, which I still ask myself every day, which is one, 
how can I make something good come out of this? And good feels like an odd word to use, but something mm. positive. Yeah. And the second question is, what does God want me to learn from the experience? Because mm. I'm never going to get the answers I want. No. no. But I have learned a lot and I'll continue to learn a lot. And I think, I think that's what he's trying to help me do, to help me learn more. Yeah, amazing. So in your grief process with hindsight, like was there things that people did, um, church family or friends that were helpful to you and or maybe more helpfully unhelpful to you? <laughs> Yeah, how long have you got? Um, <laughs> I think... Okay, the things that were helpful were... Food. Um, <laughs> Recognising that I probably didn't fancy going to Sainsbury's that week. Yeah. Um, you know, walking around the aisles. So, um, Helen, you were one of many people that turned up with loads of food, bits and pieces for my freezer, just to keep Alfie and I going so that we mm. didn't starve. Um, people... Just saying to me, I don't know what to say to you, yeah. but I want to say something because I don't want you to think that I'm not thinking about you yeah. was actually really helpful mm -hmm. because I think so many people even now don't say anything to me because they don't yeah. know what to say. And that's worse. Yeah. Um, I, I actually had that debate because I didn't know yeah. you very well but, um, at the time all this happened. I remember at a children's birthday party. But yeah, we were only like a month in, weren't we? To, yeah. yeah. And I think I spent half the party thinking, and, and I've been through grief and I mean, I, mine's yeah. baby loss. So, and I know for the baby loss community, it's sort of like, well, people can shove it under the carpet a bit mm. more because it's like a bump and then it's gone and, you know, people don't want to talk about it. But I was stood there thinking, do I say something to her? Do I not? Mm. Do I say something? Do I not? I don't want to upset her. And then I was like, no, it's better to say something. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, th I think acknowledging it is so much better than mm. not acknowledging it because he was... Do you was... think that's true for everybody or just because you like... Because you are <sighs> good at talking about it and processing things. I, I, I honestly don't know. Mm. I honestly don't know. But I think I, I find it insulting when I see people mm. for the first time since he died and they don't mention it yeah. um, because he was my life mm. yeah. for 15 mm. years and he will continue to be my life. Mm. You know, yeah. just cause he's not here, he'll continue to form the person I am and mm. the things I go on to do and all of that stuff. And I think one thing people shouldn't do is ask how you are if they're not going to hold space for the actual answer, yeah. because the answer is not very nice sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it depends which day you catch me on. Mm. Um, and I think actually my favourite thing to do even now is still just to talk about him. Yeah. Um, and not talk about him in the, you know, in a morbid I miss him kind of way, mm. but just joke about, you know, yeah. just joke about him the way we yeah. were and the things he would say and do and actually slag him off sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like As every good wife does. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was not perfect and our yeah. marriage was not perfect and it's okay to laugh about yeah. that. Um, I think the things that people do that are not helpful is to not to not talk about it mm. um and to not talk about him and to say things like everything happens for a reason oh. <laughs> one day you'll know why this happened oh. um or you know i think it's did you get any at least oh yeah at least you've got alfie yeah. at least he had life yeah. insurance <laughs> At least your job is still paying you. Mm. At least, at least, at least. Yeah. And I found that really hard to mm. accept. Mm. And I, I find it, even now, I've gone to set up a charity, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. And people sometimes make the mistake of saying to me, 
oh, but something really good came out of this. Oh. And it doesn't, it doesn't validate the yeah. loss. No. <laughs> You're right, yeah. it, no. it, it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't lost Mike, yeah. but it doesn't mean that it was worth it. Reason, it no. just mm-hmm. means that I've scrabbled around to find yeah. some chinks of light in all this mm-hmm. darkness. Yeah. Um, and I also really hate it when people... Um, God, you like, got angry then, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. Well, I'm still in the anger phase. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't mind it when people moan about their husbands or partners for legitimate reasons. Mm-hmm. I really hate it when they whinge about things like, oh, well, he didn't come and do pickup this week. Because mm-hmm. I think, well, Mike never bloody comes and yeah. does pickup because he's dead. Yeah. Like, um, So, yeah, those are the things that are quite unhelpful. But my my church family, I don't think I realised how big it was until... Because you have your, you have your yeah, sort of, sure. yeah. you know, your Avengers that assemble. Yeah. Um, but actually, there was... So many people that I didn't even know existed mm. that were dropping off cards and food and bits and pieces for Alfie. And people still come up to me at church now and speak mm. to me about what's happened. And, um, yeah, I, I honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't have done the last seven months or so without my St. Peter's family, mm. for sure. That's amazing. Mm. That's a real encouragement. And it's, I think it's really good for people to learn what's helpful and what's unhelpful, mm. isn't it? And um, I think a lot of people... They just don't know, do they? And that's mm. and so they they go for the the awkward. Ooh, you know, I won't say anything to them. I'll mm. ignore the elephant in the room, and and that's really their problem, and yeah, and not yours. And I think people are scared to upset you as well, yeah. aren't they? But that's yeah. that's a cultural society thing, rather than, and that's maybe why some people don't want people to mention what's happened to them because they're mm-hmm. afraid to get upset, mm. rather than actually they would like to talk about mm. it and oh yeah there's been some casualties in this process along the way i've lost not i've lost but i've i've mm. let go of sure. people mm. um not in a you know there's been no confrontation there's been no yeah. fallout but they have for whatever reason not been there yeah and and that's all right for them mm. but i don't need that and sure. i don't have space for that yeah. in my life anymore equally there's been people that have come out of nowhere that yeah. i've been like oh you've been amazing thank mm. you so much but i didn't expect it from them mm. i didn't they didn't owe me anything mm. and then there's the buckets of people that you knew would be amazing and they have been amazing mm. and um have been there for uh, in widowhood in particular the worst moments nobody's ever there for yeah um and and i would prefer to operate that way but there i think my core group know that mm. and they don't walk past it they don't mm. pretend i think mm. they know the, the worst moments nobody is there for yeah. and they they make a point of checking in when they think those moments might be yeah. and talking of new people you found brightest stars is your new charity yes tell tell us about that so once things had settled down a little bit um and i'd started my therapy I was really conscious of making sure that alfie was as supported as he could be and it's mm. he's four so it's a really tricky age because he understands but doesn't yeah. and he was also at a really crucial age where he was um he's just started school now at the time of recording mm. this so he's like six weeks in and I was really aware that he was going to be moving from that preschool environment to big school mm. and children are lovely but children are also horrible yeah. <laughs> and I know at some point some kid is going to say mm. something horrible to him about his dad mm. being yeah. dead that's the reality. And my worst fear was that I couldn't understand how he felt. And I don't understand how he feels mm. because my parents are both still alive. Mm. I've never grown up without mm. a parent. 
And what I really wanted was for him to have a network of friends who understood Mm. so that when he has a bad week, behaviour dives or someone's horrible to him, whatever it is, Mm. I can ring up their mum or dad or parent or guardian and say, look, he's had a really horrible week. Do you want to do you want to meet up this Mm. weekend? And I'm like Googling and I just can't find anything that wasn't 50 miles north or 50 miles south, which is kind of no good to me because... Yeah, it's shocking really, isn't it? You, yeah. yeah. As you're just explaining that, I'm like, yeah, that's, that makes so much sense. Yeah, <laughs> that, that exactly. That. Yeah. But there was nothing. Um, so being the quite dog-determined person that I am... <laughs> Driven, I think we call it. <laughs> yeah, stubborn, strong-willed... Um, <laughs> they're just the words that Mike used for you (laughs) he had other words which we have to bleep out so we won't use those Um, I was like okay I'll just make this happen myself then Uh, and it was through St Peter's really that that we were able to make it happen so the church very kindly gave me the use of their space and the use of lots of their um, resources and their equipment and uh, I set up a charity called Brightest Stars um, and we basically want to provide it's a two-pronged approach. One is to provide a safe space on a monthly basis for families to meet who have... It doesn't have to be, you know, to have lost a parent. It's really mm. just bereavement-related. Um, but, you know, some for children that have lost somebody very, very close to them mm. um, to meet other children. But equally, for people like me, to meet people like me, right? Yeah. Because my friends are amazing, but they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope they never have to. Yeah. And that's not their fault. The, the friends that I have met through Brightest Stars have been mm. game-changing mm. because you can say the most shocking of things to them yeah. that I might say to you guys and you'd recoil in horror, <laughs> but they get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's providing a safe space. So we do kind of monthly meetups and they take various different forms, um, but it's also providing funding for quite vital services. So I spoke about the fact that I have healthcare um, I walked straight into a counselling session the mm. day after I decided yeah. I wanted to do it. For families that don't have that funding, yeah. the waiting list around here is eight months. Wow. Wow. The damage is done by then, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so we've written a few checks for families to to go and have that therapy um, for families that can't afford a holiday this year, right? Because mm. they bought a big more, you know, bought a house with a big mortgage on two parents' salaries, and one parent dies. They don't they don't have yeah. life insurance. They have yeah. to move. Um, the kids aren't going to get a holiday this year Mm. and that's going to make them even more different from the kids in their class because they're going to turn up after the summer holidays Mm. having not done anything Mm. and not been anywhere because and they also really need that holiday because life's pretty crap yeah Yeah. exactly so it's it's stuff like that really it's Mm. it's trying to build connections but also give the families things that they've been denied of whether it's because of the system or the circumstances Mm. they find themselves in and it's you know it's early doors but it's growing arms and legs really quickly uh, we've got we've got the next one a couple of days from now and the numbers have already doubled wow. versus versus last time. So um might be giving up my day job <laughs> to make it a full-time job at this rate. Do you want to give us a shameless plug about how people can find more information? Yes, absolutely. So um, it's www.brightteststars.co.uk or you can find us on Facebook if you just search for Brightest Stars. Amazing. And can people donate on there as well as... They most certainly can. So yeah, we're, we're relying totally on donations to make all of this stuff happen. Mm. Um, so we've got some wonderful friends and family out doing, you know, ridiculous marathons and half marathons and cycles and swims but um we need we do do need donations so there's there's a link on the page where you can go through and get the bank details and donate if you so wish amazing thank you so much helen 
Thank She's you. She's awesome, isn't she? She is incredible. <laughs> She's a force of nature. I said to her today, I've never met anyone like you, Helen. So, yes, but I don't know if you meant it in a good way or a bad <laughs> yeah, way. Definitely a good way. Definitely a good way. So we, you've shared that um, you don't think you're a very good Christian, Helen. And uh, you're probably um, you're probably in very good company uh, with people listening. And certainly, I feel like that lots of times as well. Um, but is there like a Bible verse or kind of an encouragement that um, any kind of anything God has said to you that you you do try and hold on to that kind of not just um, in the circumstances of Mike dying, but in in life generally that you think like I need that in my life. Mm. Yeah, I am a glass half full kind of girl, um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm not. I'm not a great Christian, um, but I do. I don't think being a Christian is a one and done deal. Absolutely, um, I think it's. I hate the word journey, but it is a journey. Yeah. Um, and the passage I find myself coming back to time and time again is um, John, which is, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And when I think back to those sort of early days. And even months, mm. it was dark, right? Mm. But there is always something mm. good to be mm. found in every day if you look hard enough for it. And mm. I think that's what I mean by the the chinks of light. It, it mm. is dark, but the light always overcomes it. Mm. Um, so that's that's the the passage that I tend to come back to when mm. I really need a push in the right direction. Mm. Awesome, amazing. Right, should we just finish with a. Should we pray? Should we pray. Let's pray. Awesome. Dear Lord, we are so grateful for Helen and Alfie and for Mike as well. Lord God, I just thank you for Helen's honesty and openness. Um, I thank you for her nature in not holding back and sharing so that we can all learn about um, how to support her and how to support other people we know mm. who are grieving. And Lord God, we do thank you that you are that light that even when things seem so, so terribly dark, um, that you will always be just that chink of light father even if we can't recognize that that's you at the time that whatever life throws at us that you will be the constant you will always be the light mm. so lord god as we um as we go into our weeks we pray that you would help us to um find the light to see you in our lives in the tiniest ways or in big ways father mm. would you be in our lives this week Amen. Amen. I hope you've uh, enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed being with Helen. Helen is um, a great friend to both of us, a, yeah. a big fixture in our lives. And yeah, I mean, she's just so eloquent, isn't she? And yeah, yeah. the way that she's processed it has, is just it's so helpful for us to hear, I think. Absolutely. And she's, it's just, it's one of those situations, isn't it, where obviously none of it's a good thing but the way that she's turning it around into a good thing um and I had the pleasure of being at her one of her brightest stars events um this weekend and it was just it was just incredible and um so moving and you could see that it meant um a lot to the people who were there as well Mm, absolutely amazing yeah she's a gem she is a gem. We'll keep her. Yeah, I think so. For now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks so much for listening and um, we'll see you soon. Remember, all the links that we've talked about today can be found on our show notes. 
If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do remember to hit subscribe if you haven't done already. And even better, you can help us reach a wider audience by giving a quick review on whichever platform you're listening on. See you next time. Bye. Bye.